I am Citizen 44. This show is being sponsored by Phoenix, Oregon, the movie. Hey everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here. Welcome to Citizen 44. This is show number 75. A little update on the parents' 60th wedding anniversary was Thursday, September 4th. Happy 60th anniversary to my parents. What an incredible accomplishment. I'm actually really grateful that my mother and father are both still here to have that in their lives. And my father got his results back a couple days ago on the whole prostate cancer thing. And he's like in the negative of the scope of things, which is really good. If he would just eat better, that would be great. Hear that, Dad? Take care of the thing that empowers you to take care of the whole thing, please. And Mom is struggling along. It's challenging, and she's pretty immobilized. We're hoping that maybe some things can happen that will increase her mobility. The brain is still good. She's been plowing through books, and you know it implies that there's a lot of good connectivity still going on upstairs but the body's not cooperating and uh, that sucks and we don't know what to do about that really. So we've got Austin Van Campen. He's a very nice, well-educated, thoughtful, mindful, dad, dude, creative guy, adventurer, daring person who I finally have on the show. Also on the show today on today's show, we have Gary Lundgren, show number 75. Here we go. all living in a simulation. Some alien race out there using our misery for entertainment. How's the comic book going? It's languishing unfinished. You don't have time because you're working your ass off at Kyle's terrible restaurant. 359, Bob, cutting it close. You should be grateful that you have a job. Grateful. Maybe I'll join you. <laughs> I feel like I'm 14 again. Drawing comics and needing a ride home. Close your eyes for a minute. I want you to visualize what you'll be doing 10 years from now. Are you serious? I think you've lost your mind. No, you're not visualizing it, Bobby. Come on, close your eyes. Don't close my eyes anymore. I feel like an idiot. You could roll. I remember. It's completely useless talent. Rising Phoenix. Come for the pizzas. Oh, my God. Stay for the bowling. Your aliens made you do that strike. It's my destiny, Bobby. I know it is. Imagine being an owner, drawing your comics whenever you want. Oh, man. Serious? That's what I'm talking about! Woo! Bobby? 
My partner, Carlos, makes this delicious dough with his hands. Yes. I got 300 scores before, but nobody ever put my pictures in the papers. You should enter our grand opening tournament. You haven't even seen me roll, Huffy. You haven't seen the action on my ball. Mario put his money in too. He has a right to ask questions. I'm his proxy. I've been helping you for months. He's been helping Mario. You are a paranoid little child. I don't know what to say, Theo. Leaving a lot of money on the table. Nice going. You're going down. Not your fault. Well. If it's not my fault, then it's Tanya's. If it's not Tanya's fault, then it's the aliens. You need to take care of yourself, Bobby. I am fine. I am a grown woman. These could be the best years of your life. Do you realize that? Visualize. This is what I live for, Hoffy. Frame 10. These two geniuses are opening up a pizza parlor slash bowling alley. It's classy. Phoenix, Oregon. Hey, Gary Lundgren. Hello, Mark. I've been all by myself in this office waiting for you to get back. It feels like a very long time. 10 weeks. Wow, it went by in a snap. It must have really gone by in a snap for you. It did, but I gotta say like while we were on the road, it felt, I know you're kind of in the moment. You're really forced to deal with what you have that day. You know, it's kind of a cool way to look at life. Well, you certainly got a unique opportunity. And of course, we're talking about your national tour with Phoenix, Oregon, the movie. You went all over the country and had screenings in how many different cities? Over 60 cities. Wow. You and Annie and Flan and Louie and the other partners in the movie, you guys jumped in a couple of RVs wrapped in a giant movie poster and hit the road. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. You know, how much success are we going to find? Are we going to be able to fill the theaters and get the word out? And magically, things just kind of take on a life of their own. And by going and taking the risk, things start happening. Some cities were better than others, but thousands of people saw the movie and we got to see the country. So it was a beautiful 10 weeks. The logistics to make that happen was huge and quite an undertaking. Absolutely. But if we stayed organized and really went for it, the net would be there to catch us. And it was. We had a great team. We stuck together and made good decisions and we landed on our feet. When did you leave? We left June 13th, right when school ended. And you got back August 26th. Incredible. Thank you. 
it must have been fascinating on so many levels. Yeah, on the road and seeing the country all together, like we literally went to over 30 states, maybe close to 40 states. It was really fun seeing all the states together like that because you could really sense the history, cities, neighborhoods. We saw poverty, we saw wealth. We saw people from so many different walks of life that we interacted with. And they were all curious about our movie and our RV with James Legro on the side of it, fixing his bow tie. It drew people's eyes to it and it opened up conversations like, what is Phoenix, Oregon? We had to answer that question just about every day, more than once. Being on the road was more fun than I imagined it would be. Going from Niagara Falls to the Grand Canyon to New York City in this RV and then screening our movie just about every day. You're putting yourself out there every single day to the world saying, this is a movie we made, watch it. And at the same time, receiving emotions and lessons about this particular city, this particular neighborhood, this particular state we happen to be in, and just sort of reflecting on how all these states fit together to make America. I am baffled at the size and breadth of this country after being on the road for 10 weeks. It's strange when you're there trying to offer up this movie to the universe because you're not closing yourself off from people. I'm an introvert, so normally if I travel, headphones on, book in my hand, I very much like keeping to myself. So it forced me out of my comfort zone wherever I went. I wanted to be open to meeting people especially after a movie, talking to the folks that spent 10, 15 bucks to see the film and being open to connecting with people. I think I fundamentally changed a few things about myself on this trip where I don't always have to be closed off if I'm out in public. So I'm feeling myself exercise those muscles of being open to talking to anyone, whoever it might be. And I think that's a good thing for me. I just feel different now, which is really cool. We took that sort of band mentality that we're on tour. This is a tour. We're showing up in your town. We're going to find a screen somewhere, show the movie, and sell you a t-shirt. It was cool because audiences get it, and these theaters get it, and they were grateful. The filmmakers are in town. People got excited about that. We talked to a lot of audiences who had never talked to a filmmaker before. So that was refreshing. We're kind of used to the festival circuit. We're used to the Ashton Independent Film Festival here. So it becomes just sort of a given that audiences get to interact with filmmakers. We talked to many people who had never been to a Q&A before after a film, which was unusual. And I think the conversation would usually spill out in the lobby and we'd just sit there and talk. We had no place to go. We're not going to rush home. So you felt sort of unrushed with the time with people, which is also new for me. I think it's real easy to kind of look at your watch and think about where you have to be next in this world, the daily grind of life. But not in this case. We often had more time to give. We were sleeping in the RV. Were you comfortable? 
Yes, the RV was great. We had it set up really nicely. So there were sort of three areas. There were four beds. So we could easily have our space. But when we got back to our condo, it felt like a sprawling mansion. We had a porch with a great view of Ashland. I was like, this is more than we need. You know, you don't do something thinking, wow, I'm gonna learn a lot on this trip. I was just hoping we'd survive it and all be friends at the end of it. And that went spectacularly well. We all had a good experience together. Give me some idea of the responses you got from people that came out to see the movie. They want more films about people. They want more films that deal with human beings and maybe that uplift them in a certain way, but not in a saccharine way. I think there's an appetite for a movie like this, and I think we had that confirmed from theater to theater to city to city, where the enthusiasm was real for the movie, and you could tell that people in general were refreshed and excited to see a movie like this in the theater. Because this is the kind of movie that normally we'd go to the small screen. So the fact that people were moved and they were excited to see this kind of a movie that really is a dramedy. It unfolds at a very deliberate pace. It takes its time to get where you get to know the characters. And people love the pacing. We heard that over and over again. They, they liked that you could hear all the dialogue. People love to care about characters who are undergoing a transformation I think people were inspired by the movie. I think we're catching a lot of people transitioning where they want a more fulfilling life too. And that's what this movie's about. These characters are all looking for more fulfillment with their work and their relationships. And I think it definitely held a mirror up to a lot of people. Our slogan for this movie is, these could be the best years of your life. I love that slogan because it could be. They might not be. We only have so much time. If you meet it halfway when you watch it, it's hard not to reflect on your own life. That's kind of the fallout from the movie. Really, it's just a story to enjoy and it's just a movie about people. We are now in talks with distributors, so we're plotting the real release of the movie now, and I'll know more about that as it unfolds, but it's exciting. Phoenix, Oregon's playing at the Klamath Independent Film Festival this month. So if you haven't seen the movie, you could catch it at the Klamath Independent Film Festival. It's also playing at the Port Townsend Film Festival, so we're going up there to support that screen. And we're readying the release, which will happen probably early next year. Meanwhile, got lots of projects in the works. One of them is a TV show. It's called Fairways. It's about disc golf. It's a comedy, drama, ensemble cast. I would run two seasons. Cool, man. It's all very exciting. I'm so happy for you and the family that you made it through this and you got so much out of it and a lot more people got to see the film this way, of course. I'm happy that I got to see it a couple of times already. I'm a champion of the movie. It's a great story, a great message, great performances, pretty to look at. It's a hit. Appreciate that, Mark. Thank you for all your support this year on this movie. Thanks for being a part of the show, and I look forward to whatever comes next. All right, brother. You'll be the first to know. Sweet. Cheers, man. All right. See ya. See ya.
Van Campen. We may hear things in the background because it is the 4th of July and they are literally downstairs right now on Main Street preparing to launch the annual 4th of July parade. They towed my car this morning. They what? They towed my car this morning. They towed your car? Oh yeah. I was in my office upstairs in the provost building and and they towed my car. Where's your building? It's across the street over here. Where are we apart? Uh, downstairs. On Main Street? On Main Street. What's the matter with you? You've I lived just, here for years. I know, I did it. And and they towed it. And I got irate. It, it was, it was Why a, would you get irate about your own stupidity? Because my car's gone. Because my car's gone. So I did. And yeah, I went down to the star towing guy down in the plaza and I made him take me to my car. I made him take me to my car. <laughs> How much did it cost? It was 75 bucks. It wasn't too That's bad. actually not bad. It's like 250 usually. Oh yeah, they said they were giving discounts because we were dumbasses. You did all that this morning before you came here. Oh yeah, this all happened before like six. Wow. I was working all night and then I walked out that door, my car's gone, and they had literally just taken it. I've made enemies in this town because I left my ex-wife's car on Oak Street the first week of the Saturday market. I totally spaced. I used to live on the corner right there next to Paris Green upstairs. After doing that two years ago. You know this game. So deeper than most. Fortunately, as much as all those people hated me and may still hate me today, the tow truck driver was good enough to take my car off of his truck, which is unusual. Once they're hooked up, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, it's a testament to our small town and how people are open to that kind of thing here. That's true. All the time I put into this town, that was my gift. That's it. Yeah, right. That's what you got out of it? That's it. How long have you been here, Mark? 17 years. Uh, You? 23. Wow. So you came here uh, doing... Just about 1997? Yeah, 1997-98. And what brought you here? Got married and my father-in-law lived here. He was building houses here, so I came to help him out. Who are you married to? Maria Katsantonis. Katsantonis? Yeah, my kids are mostly Greek. And they're mostly grown up, right? They're 20. Twin boys. Luke owns the Moss restaurant here in town. What's Moss? It's that really crazy Cascadian forage cuisine restaurant that's right here in the old salon there between cafe 116 and the yogurt hut you know that little slice yeah yeah you got to get online you got to pay 125 dollars a meal and it's price fixed so they serve an eight course meal and they're little courses they're little teeny things each course is paired with a sake that he sources out of japan because he goes to japan all the time and gets these crazy sakes because he's really into sake my son is obsessed and it shows because of what he's doing right now and how successful he is in his business. He won the Top Chef competition here last year in Ashland. So he and Josh 
paired up. Josh was the guy who owned the restaurant Scarpetta, and then Luke started working with him, and then they became partners, and now both top chefs. Josh is one top chef a couple of times here in Ashland, so they're a dual chef restaurant. They have this eight-seat bar. You sit down and you get served these little plates and they talk about what they're doing. Luke goes up in the woods and he's foraging a lot of this food out of the woods. So everything is fresh, everything's Cascadian. It's just epic what he did. And part of that has to do with some of the things I want to talk about today. Success skills how to implement these skills in your life so that you can be happy and do the things you want to do in life. Part of those things that my children got out of living in this town, being next to the people who are super successful, they learn those skills. My other son, Jake, he went to college, University of Portland, and he was going to be a surgeon. Then he backed out of that and went into bioinformatics. Now what he does is he looks at DNA and uses artificial intelligence programs to decode things. What they're really trying to do right now is they're trying to look at the DNA and figure out which part is responsible for nature and which part is responsible for nurture. So they're looking at epigenetics, when that stuff turns on and turns off, and what environmental factors do that. They're using the artificial intelligence to suss this stuff up now where they couldn't before. The power is huge in artificial intelligence, and that train is coming hard. So both my sons took this route of extreme obsession in what they're doing. You turned 50 yeah. recently? Yeah. Welcome to the not giving a shit on the other side club. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? I love 50. 50 has been really amazing. Well, you're holding it all together. I mean, I've known you at least 12 years. Yeah, something like that. When you come into my photography store next to DJ's video, do you remember that store? No. There was that little photography store in the corner and I had a repair shop in there. Where Ashton Electric Bike is? Yeah. You mean you were there before API? That was part of my store. I was partners in that place. You were a very developed photographer at that point. When Ashland was coming along and we were all artists and free, that was a really cool place to be and I really enjoyed everybody. But we're not so connected as we were when we were artists. Creative falls away when the economy falls away. And then when the economy starts to build, they can pay for it again and they start to invest in it. Our job is to show them how well they can do with good creative. If you can hire that out and you can excel in that way, you can increase your market share, your profitability. Everything goes up 20% if you get that out of your hands. The biggest reason is, is because you believe things about your business, you believe things about yourself, you believe things that may not be true, and then you smear that all over your company, and you wind up not being successful because of it. To really be successful, you have to take yourself out of it. You have to remove you and look at it like it's an engine. We have so much ability now through YouTube or learning. We have a major influx of knowledge that we can use to our benefit. And, and a smart guy will look at that and go, oh yeah, of course I can do that. And his tenacity is well rewarded because he's gonna do cool things. But whether or not he wants his business to succeed is another game. Yes, I can make a creative thing. I can do spreadsheets. I can be my own lawyer. I can be my own accountant. I do all those things. But the hybrid vigor of many people working together is so much more powerful. 
it has to do with how much you want to separate yourself out of the game and how successful you want to be and what you want to do with your day. If you feel like you want to spend your day trying to process all that diverse stuff and that lights your fire, then absolutely. But if that's stretching you and taking you away from your vision or other things, then let it go. It's imperative. You've been in all aspects of the living spectrum, which is lucky for your kids in many ways because you've done it so many different ways and been through so many different types of living scenarios that you actually offer a wealth of information from different perspectives that most people don't have. Well, I'm glad you caught that because it was a super important thing for me to do and it was for my children. I did everything I could to instill in my boys goodness, happiness, encouragement, and love. And part of my lack of success when I could have been successful was because of my focus there. And I gladly gave that up because I have several empires left in me. I'm a young man at 50. I feel great and I now have the ability and the freedom to do the things I couldn't do before, to take those big ideas and really move them to the next level without having to sacrifice my family to do it. Because it is gonna take my entire existence to create some of these things that I wanna create. And to do that, I needed to be in a place where I could do it. And I just wasn't there before, but my boys were coming up. There's no way I was gonna give that up. There's no way I was gonna not spend time with them. There's no way I was gonna sacrifice their education as men so that I could go make a bunch of money. I raised them on media companies that I built in this town, and I'm very grateful for what I was able to have here in my partnership with Lainey, super successful woman who applies these skills all the time. I learned a lot from her as I watched her persevere in ways that nobody I know has ever done because of her intense love for creative and her beautiful belief in humans. Those two things make Lainey an extremely successful person. There's several people I kind of want to talk about in that way who I super admire as I watched them become millionaires in this town. And this is a small town. This is a 20,000 person town. So how is that possible? It's possible because they're very special people. They're people who have chosen a lot of different aspects of their life over some other things so they could be successful. I started looking at this and becoming fascinated. I probably asked 200 people, what are the top three things you would say were responsible for your success and happiness in life? And I got so many answers. I wrote it all down and there were some standards there that pretty much everybody came up with that all kind of fit in the same way. And that was interesting to me. Part of my work is what is your work? At the moment, I'm involved in a private equity company and private equity looks at businesses and they either improve them and sell them or agglomerate them or roll them up into a group or another alliance. Are you Gordon Gecko? Gordon Gecko? No. Who Wall Street. Wall Street. Oh, yes. Right. Gordon Gecko? No, definitely not. Okay, good. <laughs> Opposite of Gordon Gecko. Yeah, because part of my upbringing has been a really deep Raja Yoga background. And that led me to an idealistic understanding of money and energy and input and output and what we're doing here and self-identification so that we're not identifying ourselves with things that really aren't us. And when we do that, we become happy. Like my car this morning, I identified myself with my car because I was super pissed off. I was triggered because my car got taken and it was my fault. And we can define it with everybody. If you're triggered and you're furious, you're gonna express. 
And that's what happens. So if you're expressing out there, you can do it in a million different ways. You can go scream in a pillow, you can yell at somebody else. By the way, yelling fuck is supposed to be extremely therapeutic for all kinds of situations like that. Well, that's what I did. When we're trying to become successful, you need a vision, something you're gonna do. You're setting out to accomplish something. You need to hold that vision really well all the time. That needs to be always there. And then you need another thing, perseverance, discipline. That gets you to be able to physically work within the parameters that are gonna get you what you want. And then you also have to have an open flexibility to change, to looking at what you're doing and saying, oh, well, maybe if I tweak this or tweak that or move that, then it's gonna work a little better. The thing that holds you back is when you're not flexible and you focus on a single thing, and let's say the whole market moves, you continue doing what you're gonna do and you're never gonna be successful because you don't have a market. You need to flex, you need to do something different. You need to apply everything you just learned to a different industry or a different product or something. three things that everybody came up with. You need to have some discipline and perseverance. You need to have that vision and you need to have that flexibility to create what you want in life. Bart Rupert. He came in as an operating officer at Plexus about 10 years ago. We were trying to do some business together and Bart became my really good friend. Bart is a multimillionaire now and he did it through extreme obsession. I watched him create an empire that blew my mind. And what he's doing right now can make other people extreme millionaires. I'm on that path. My life has been different. I lived in a teepee with my children when they were in middle school. I wanted them to experience that. They went to middle school smelling like fire. It was really cool and they loved it. I lived with them in a production facility when I had a prop making company. I was over on Benson Way in a warehouse and we were living in there and they just loved that I parked the car in the kitchen. Denizen TV came along and I started developing that company and that company was an internet e-zine for our town and I wanted to franchise that. The core concept of that was citizen media. I wanted to make sure that in Ashland we had solid truthful news, so sending out reporters and reporting on those things. I wanted to create an infrastructure that Ashland would have if the entire grid went down because Ashland's super special in the way that we have a fiber network that's enclosed. We're independent. And to be able to use that for our benefit, we're making top tier, really awesome programming. We're employing all kinds of people. You came to help and that got usurped. That was chicanery. I actually got that stolen from me. We were almost there. You remember we closed overnight and that happened because of some really bad things. 
So at that point, I switched gears and the next day, I opened Denizen TV, the production company, which then began producing film for the Derricks and the Shakespeare Festival, commercials, television, those kind of things. Because I had to be flexible. I was gonna lose my whole life if I didn't do something about that right now. In my first month, we pulled down 20 grand and it got better from there on. I just saw Sean Mark Nipper out the window down there with Jim Teese. By the way, if you hear this bleeding through, you hear the parade for the 4th of July here in Ashland, Oregon, where the population of the town literally doubles for at least a day. People come from all over Southern Oregon just to hang out and be part of this American celebration here in Ashland, Oregon. It's the most special town ever. There's an openness here, freedom of thought and acceptance. Those things allow people to more express themselves. So be who you are and the world will still love you. I'm gonna tell you another success story. Let's take Alex Rogers, National Alternative Health, the International Cannabis Business Conference. This guy comes from nothing. He shows up in Ashland and he opens Ashland Alternative Health which helps medical marijuana customers get their card. He processes that paperwork. He's got the doctor there, in-house, one-stop shop. And that launched him successfully. Before he was doing that, he was such a broad thinker that he lobbied with his own money to get Prop 74 passed. That means he paid me to make a commercial and he paid for all the distribution of that commercial so that people would have a better idea about marijuana. And we made that 12 years ago. I really was impressed by him and his vision and his ability to just lay it on the line because he knew he was gonna be successful. He didn't have any doubt in his mind that what he was doing was given to him by the universe. And that kind of perception and perseverance is unstoppable along with the fact that the guy is of huge energy, he's got incredible charisma, he's just the nicest damn guy you'll ever meet in your life. So that company grew and grew and grew. He sat in that office and did it every single day. He answered the calls, he did the emails, he shook the hands, he was there in it, doing it. Then he was like, let's do this international business conference. And so into that I go, and I'm starting to work on media for him. We're doing all this media surrounding this International Cannabis Business Conference. The first one was at the hotel down at the other end of town, and it was a huge success. And that launched this next game for him. Now he is in Berlin. He's in Zurich. He's in Canada. He's everywhere. And every time he has a conference, it's all about the law. It's about the business strategies, what's going on in politics. And he's using those same three traits and he obsesses about it and there's nothing going to stop him. We need to be in the world, but not of it. If you can have all the money you want 
and give it away, you're a master. If you have to spend your entire year making that million dollars so you can give it away, that's justifiable because you're using your power and energy that the universe gives. You're, you're pumping through you what's available to do and you're using your own personal energy and discipline to do it. That's simply a conduit for expression. Now, we wind up not doing it because we're justifying our behaviors. We look at these behaviors we're doing and say, I wanna do this and I should do this, which is counterproductive. If I want something, I know what I have to do to get it. Self-esteem is built through accomplishment. It's not built through any other way. So if you wanna feel good about yourself, you have to achieve something. You have to go through something that's kind of painful, which could be anything. You do the dishes, man. Who wants to do the dishes? I love doing the dishes. Greatest Zen exercise oh, in the see, world. See, you're a master. You've got it figured out. Some people apply that to how they go about their business. And the only difference is perception of value. And you can do them both. If you can take that kitchen and put it in order, you can take a business and put it in order. You can take yourself and put it in order. You can do all those things because the core example is there. All it has to do with is whether you want to do that particular thing, how you want to spend your day. And if you have to sacrifice, I think struggle and pain and sacrifice is the proper solution because that's emulated in nature everywhere. Nothing in this place is not subject to struggle, pain, and sacrifice, no matter what it is. Everything has to earn its keep. If it doesn't, it just plain dies. And if we begin, us humans, begin to look at the ant and say, I am going to produce and act like that, you can't be unsuccessful. When you self-evaluate and you understand who you are as a person and you realize that all these things are not us, then you can't be aggressive. You can't be selfish because you don't care. You don't want it. It's not necessary. It's not yours. Those things are ethics that are built from these three standards of being. And if you start to focus on these things, everything that is you will change. Your expression is going to change. And I don't believe in the idea that through manifestation, everybody can have everything they want. Because if that were possible, there would be not enough resources for it. We live in a hierarchy. And some people will not do the things it takes to get there. And some people overdo the things that it takes to get there. They are not privileged. They overdid it. The people who are not doing it are not downtrodden. They chose not to. And that's the actual raw truth. And there's no other way around that.
everything in nature must produce. If it doesn't, it dies. There is the anomaly where something takes care of it. It has to be cared for to survive. If it does not produce, it dies. We Cubans can't have that because we're compassionate. The fact that we are all here means that humans are beautiful because we're caring for each other. I taught my kids how to be successful and badass, and they are. And the reason that they are is because they know how to sacrifice. My son who owns Moss, owns Moss, 23 years old. Let's talk about this kid. He's another incredibly successful person that did it from the beginning. When he was eight years old, he would look up in the sky and say, I'm gonna fly planes. Every time a plane would fly over, I'm gonna fly planes. At 16 years old, he was working at the Dusha, super high-end pastry bakery. He started making pastries in the morning before school, and by the time he graduated high school, he had his pilot's license. He didn't talk about it, he just did it. In middle school, he said, I am going to be a Navy SEAL. I didn't believe him. By the time he was 18 years old, he wasn't doing anything. So I said, hey, let's start a company. And unbeknownst to me, he was going back and forth to Portland testing. He had joined the Navy. He signed up as a submarine cook. He went to the Navy and he said, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL. And they said, no, 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 no. You sign up and you test. So he started testing. He was going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Then he said to me one day, Dad, I need to start lifting some weights. So we started lifting weights together and he got huge. He was swimming every day and running every day and he was testing. The day he became a Navy SEAL, he texted me, said, Dad, I joined the Navy, I'm leaving. And oh, dude, that tore me in half. He went through boot camp and the training. He was dropping out of a helicopter and picking people out of the ocean and pulling people up into the helicopter. He was an open ocean rescue swimmer. He started having some pain in his shoulder and in about two months, he wasn't operational anymore. couldn't move. They actually thought he was fucking with them. So they tore up his contract. And because my son is absolutely brilliant, he never signed another contract. They fucked up. The Navy fucked up. They looked at him and they said, needs the Navy, bro. You're staying. So he said, okay, I'm not signing another contract though. They made him clean toilets for six months. And then down comes somebody from legal and says, boy, I think I got a way out for you. And they got him out. When he came home, 
He went and got a campsite at the Squaw Lake for a month. He sat there and accepted people and decompressed out of the military. Doesn't talk about it. Weeks later, he was working at Scarpetta. Year later, he owns this restaurant. It's insane what that boy can do. I'm in awe of my son. My other son, Jake, I mean, he's getting married in September up at Willowit. She's gonna be a pediatrician. Her dad builds human organs. Take a pig heart and you can put it in a solution and dissolve all the meat and just have this structure that is its skeleton. And then you put stem cells on that and do the right thing, it'll grow another heart. Then you take that and you put it in a person. Because of his artificial intelligence programming skills, Jake's one of about 330,000 people in the world who can do what he does. And those guys get paid half a million dollars a year. 23 years old. Wow, he's just a kid. Just a kid. Determination, focus, no parties, focused. If you start now and you're successful at 23 years old already, what do you do after that? I think the idea that resources are bad and capitalism is wrong is on its head. And I think that what we really need to focus on is not the structure. We need to focus on the humans. And when you instill into the humans discipline, compassion, tenacity, all those things that make them successful and happy, and then they can give stuff away and make that a standard, giving as a standard. I came up with a thing called American Credits. You deserve credit for being here. I have a whole system that eliminates the idea of money at all. It is a system based on production, based on you producing something. You bring something to the table of value. Everybody has something to give. You will have to bring something to the table in order to earn towards being able to participate in life in a different way. You need to put yourself into life in a different way. This is the system that allows everybody to explore their potential, be creative, and put into the system what they love, which is what anybody really wants anyway. To know that your fundamental needs are met, you're not gonna go hungry, you're not living outside, and that you are being supported in being able to participate in this game at a very high level. And that requires education fundamentally and your brothers and sisters caring about you fundamentally and you having the opportunity to explore this opportunity of life in ways that you never thought possible because you didn't have to go out and get a job and all these weird things that we've scripted as meaning success and living the human life the opposite of the potential of living the human life, which is really just exploring self and figuring out what you can do for yourself and everybody else that makes everybody else and yourself happy. We're in a place where practically speaking, we're hundreds, if not thousands of years away from what you speak. If you and I want to do what we can, the tools to do the work is capitalism. For me or you to be able to implement your system, not only would you have to convince every single human not to do what they're born, bred, raised naturally to do, accumulate resources, 
and create hierarchy. That's what we are. And in the most basic way, and it's not going to change, that's what our DNA is. The society that we live in is asking us to change our entire nature over a hundred years, and it's just not going to happen. Quantum physics and science going to this edge of new knowledge and what we are capable of and how we can implement changes, I do feel that there is a possibility that we will morph, that the more we know, the less we are attached to the physical manifestations of what we think represents a successful life. Success and what that means to us individually and collectively will change in the future. I really appreciate the idealism that you're putting forward and there's no way to get anywhere unless there's a vision. If you have vision and you have determination and discipline, you can work to make your thing happen. Information plus time equals evolution. Fourth of July, 2019, I'm here with Austin Van Campen. The biggest parade of the year going on right outside the window here at 238 East Main, downtown Ashland, Oregon. There was a time when we decided that family values was not a good thing, that sexual freedom was, and that we should be able to do whatever the hell we want. And we stopped having relationships for children. We have relationships for ourselves, and that's never gonna work. As soon as we have a relationship for ourselves, we're fucked, because a relationship isn't for us, it's for the other person. And if you approach it that way, you're winning because they're looking at you like it's for you, and you're looking at them like it's for them. That's the communal life. The reason that everybody's on the street, the reason that we have all the problems in the whole world we have is because of sexual freedom. I'm gonna say it right out loud, and I don't believe in it. Huxley said, we have been irresponsible with procreation. It's not a willy-nilly affair, having children. No, every male past 15 should have a vasectomy and his sperm should be stored. And then if she wants a baby, it's his responsibility. It's a joint decision and that baby comes into the world. We would reduce the population almost immediately and there would be no abortion at all. have the American Constitution. We don't have a human constitution. We haven't approached every human being to get consensus on a reasonable way to live. We've got this territorial thing which makes no sense whatsoever. Human beings are human beings. We're all the same. We all want the same things. 
We all need the same things for the most part. We just need to agree on some terms of coexisting together. We need some core values that we can all just agree on. And if we can get everybody together to agree on that, most all of our problems disappear. Yeah. To be able to figure out how to make your human constitution, which I love, is very similar to our own constitution because it does provide in the most broad sense, which is a general population. We have to provide for as many as we can, and then those many as they can need to provide for the few that can't. Right. And most people don't feel that sense of responsibility. Yeah. Even in what you're saying, to make a compassionate space is going to take sacrifice, it's going to take discipline, it's going to take vision. Austin Van Campen, you have been a fantastic friend and a great father, and I really love that you brought these two young men up. If we can produce other human beings that are productive and caring and bring a new value system, this is the hope that I have. Appreciate it so much. show i hope you enjoyed it show number 75 is done loved having austin here he's such a cool guy he's really done some exceptional things with his two boys and it just shows when you do not follow the path that others do other things will happen so breaking patterns bob jackson minor said you have to disrupt the pattern disrupt the pattern. He was speaking specifically about music, but when you apply that principle to life through discipline, through a practice, you're going to find that you're going to get a totally different result. And I think that's what many of us want. If we're not happy with what's happened in, you bust that pattern like Gary did, jumping out on the road for 10 weeks with his family everything changes. It can't stay the same. I mean, everything's going to change to some degree, whether you do something or nothing, because that is the only constant. But I'm just saying, man, thanks so much for listening. Citizen 44 with Mark Ahrensberg is a listener supported presentation. I love doing the show. I plan on continuing to do the show as long as I can move the things that I need to do to make the show happen. And I do eat pretty well and take care of myself and am a happy guy and have a loving, reasonable family. And my father's a champion right now. He's taking care of my mother in every which way. Thank you, Dad. To listen to all shows, go to citizen44.com or go to CastBox and type in Citizen 44 with Mark Ahrensberg. Don't forget to subscribe. I love when you subscribe. It's so great when you subscribe. Thank you for subscribing. Bye-bye. To find out more about Gary Lundgren and Phoenix, Oregon, the movie, visit phoenixoregonthemovie.com or joma, J-O-M-A, films.com. You can also find Phoenix, Oregon, the movie on Facebook. This show is being sponsored by Phoenix, Oregon, the movie. Thank you, Sam, Zoe, and Val. Thank you.
if whatever you're doing is not working, there's one way you can change that, and that's to change what you do, 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 change what you do. Yes. I am Citizen 44. What are you talking about, Melissa?